The Will You Grow Show goes live Sundays 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. To receive notifications, click the subscribe button beneath this video or visit YouTube's Will You Grow channel to see more shows and videos. And now, here's Will You founder Angelique Meadow with this week's Will You Grow Show. Welcome to the Will You Grow Show. How are you? I'm Angelique, and I'm here to ignite your inner courage to release yourself from limitations. I'm the founder of Will You and WillYouGrow.com, an inspirational multimedia company that provides personal growth and joy through education, conversations, and adventures. I'm in the studio with our audio aficionado, Ben. Hi, viewers. And our video Santa, Neil. Hello. They will make this show happen while sharing their humor and commentary. This is the eighth of a series of shows about self-care. Self-care is knowing how we feel and what we think. It's knowing what we need and providing it and or allowing it for ourselves. And self-care is knowing what we want, what's best for us, and allowing ourselves to be fulfilled. It can seem like a lot to manage. Self-care requires a keen mind, one that's willing to be clear and aware. Self-care requires an open heart, one that's willing to grow and let go of limitations. And self-care requires action on our own behalf. The title of today's show is Six Signs of Emotional Sabotage. In this context, emotional sabotage refers to thoughts, actions, and relationships that sabotage the inclusion and healthy expression of our full range of emotions. So does anybody watching have a relationship where they cannot express their true emotions? Does anybody feel uncomfortable expressing their own emotions even when they're alone in their own home? Does anybody stuff, drown, or escape emotions with unhealthy habits like overeating, drinking, working, playing, or anything? Then this show is for us. Because emotions are part of our human experience. Emotions can range the gamut from bliss and ecstasy to boredom and suicide. And this article is very close to my heart because it is caring for these emotions that allows us to release addictions and make healthy choices. Because emotions are at the basis of our decision making. In an article from the National Center for Biotechnology Information, U.S. National Library of Medicine, titled Emotions and Everyday Life, quote, people reported experiencing one or several emotions 90% of the time. 90% of the time. That's almost all our life. And emotions are shown to be the driving factor when making decisions. According to the following article in the Annual Review of Psychology, quote, many psychological scientists now assume that emotions are, for better or worse, the dominant driver of most decisions in life, unquote. 
The article goes on to say that, quote, decisions can increase a negative or decrease a positive emotion. And with each new decision and its results, new emotions arise. Simply put, emotions and decision-making go hand in hand. Emotions also have a massive impact on our physical health, mental health, and relationships. The article continues with the following, quote, suppressing your emotions, whether it's anger, sadness, grief, frustration, or any emotion, can lead to stress, unquote. That is said by the provisional clinical psychologist, Victoria Terrett, and she continues by saying, quote, it can affect blood pressure, memory, and self-esteem, unquote. Longer term, says Terrett, there is an increased risk of diabetes and heart disease. And avoiding emotions can also, quote, lead to problems with memory, aggression, anxiety, and depression, unquote. A study from the University of Texas found that by not acknowledging our emotions, we're actually making them stronger and put ourselves at risk for habitual, unhealthy behaviors and addictions. For example, maybe we're angry at our boss, not knowing how to proactively care for the anger in a healthy way. Then we drive home and shout angry words at our family. Or we might be emotionally sexually charged and not knowing proactively how to care for that emotion, we might be prone to potentially unhealthy sexual behaviors or overeating, over drinking, etc. To clarify, for example, if we are too busy working and do not recognize that our body is very hungry, we might become famished and prone to stop at the fastest fast food place that we can find just to eat any kind of food, even if it isn't healthy for us. Likewise, if we don't recognize that we feel the emotion of fear and we don't stop to introspect to find out what we feel and what we need to stabilize ourselves in peace or to take a nap, we might be prone to being emotionally overreactive controlling, needy, and clingy in our relationships, thereby driving others away. So keeping good tabs and being aware of what we physically and emotionally feel is important. It's vital to the decisions that we make. So proactive care is key to health and happiness and good decision-making. When we are willing to be aware and recognize our physical and emotional states earlier we can, for example, prepare healthy food and eat before we're famished. And we can release our sexual tension in a healthy way before our emotions overpower us and we act in a way that compromises our integrity and our relationships. So, are you experiencing emotional sabotage from yourself or someone else? We'll give you six signs to find out. Are you ready? One. Do you pretend that you feel better than you actually feel? For most of my life, I did this until I literally broke down. Currently, I do not pretend. However, I am still honing my ability to wisely care for my emotions when I'm around people who are neither capable nor interested in caring about my emotions. 
Currently, I limit what I say, and I give myself the leeway to learn and change. 2. Do you feel ashamed of your emotions? Before I understood that it was okay for me to experience and express the gamut of emotions, and before I understood that I wasn't being ungrateful or selfish when I did not feel sparkly and happy, I felt ashamed of my sad feelings. I felt like there was something wrong with me for not being overcome with gratitude every second. Number three. Do you lie about your emotions? This may seem pretty self-explanatory, but when we lie about how we feel, we sabotage the possibility of accepting and loving our own emotions and loving our whole self. We also sabotage the chance of others accepting, loving, and caring for us unconditionally. Number four, are you unaware of how you feel? If when people ask you, hey, how do you feel? You answer, what you think, what you did that day, your to-do list. Chances are you're out of touch with your emotions. I did not grow up learning to tap into my emotions or how I felt. I was trained to not feel my emotions. I numbed out my feelings with food, people-pleasing, and work. Some people use drink, drugs, or other distractions to not feel. Any way we slice that, when we don't know how we feel, our emotions will get the better of us and run our life, whether we know about it or not. Number five, are you in relationships with people who are disinterested in your emotions? For me, this looks like me saying I experienced hard emotions that day, and someone launching into telling me about their accomplishments. They show no interest in my emotions, and when I humbly express my emotions, they are afraid of them, ignore them, don't know what to do with them, change the subject, or tell me all the reasons it's a beautiful day and I should be happy. Now, this does not mean that I'm not happy, But it's possible, now that I understand emotions, to be happy with a lot of things and still be sad about something else. It's not either or, it's and both. And I'm willing to incorporate all of me and not just say that I'm only this one happy part. (laughs) Although there's a lot of happy in here. (laughs) Number six. Do you reward, punish, or escape from emotions? For example, how were your emotions treated in childhood? And do you treat your own emotions like that as an adult? Growing up, when I was sad or angry, my mom would reward or distract me temporarily from my emotions with a food treat or a present. We've all seen it in the grocery store. The kid who's (laughs) on the floor having a tantrum and mom buys him a sucker. Same deal. My dad taught me to escape my emotions through hard work and ignoring them. My friends and other family members escaped and punished their emotions by partying, pitying themselves, or being depressed. 
all these methods are coping mechanisms for attempting to manage our emotions, but do not actually care for our emotions. Into adulthood, I continued to ineffectively attempt to manage my emotions by means of treats, overwork, and sometimes pity and punishment. I ultimately found these methods of reward, punishment, and escape from my emotions to be deeply dissatisfying. They left an aching, empty feeling that I was stuffing with addictions to food, work, and relationships. And that, that awful, aching feeling, that is what drove me to research, learn, and apply new ways to care for my emotions, which continued to heal my heart and mind. So if you're experiencing any of the six signs mentioned, or maybe you've experienced some that were not mentioned here, share your experience in the comments section. We'll be back in 60 seconds for the Love Your Humanness segment part of the show to share personal experiences of sabotage and how we can all love ourselves through it and be stronger and wiser on the other side. If you wish you had notes for today's show topic, your wish is granted. You can receive free weekly articles emailed to you every Sunday that match the show topic. And you'll have free anytime access to all prior articles, shows, adventure videos, affirmations, personal success stories, and the latest happenings at Will You. Here's what to do. Just click Show More in the description box. Then click the link for your free weekly inspirational article. Type in your email address, hit enter, and you're set. You'll start getting free weekly articles in your inbox every Sunday. And you'll have free anytime access to hundreds of inspirational ideas and support from Will You. Get your free show notes by clicking free weekly articles in the description box. You can heal with words, ease anxiety, create peace, hope, and love within with these elegant new hardcover affirmations books, card decks, and journals by Angelique Meadow, founder of Will You and WillYouGrow.com. Join us on tour to meet Angelique as she shares hands-on tips to inner peace and harmony by integrating the affirmations books, card decks, and journals into your health and happiness lifestyle. I love getting to spend time with Angelique and especially learning how to use the wonderful tools that she's created. I've been using them at home and taking the time to spend five minutes just to focus on whatever card I drew for the day. And it has given me some peace and space to just get calm. And then to spend some time with her today and learn even more about how to use these cards and to journal about these experiences it's just even more fulfilling because she's such a sweet soul and makes it okay even when I feel frustration or I feel conflict when I read the cards. Um, And she helps me see that this whole purpose of my life, no matter when I'm struggling or frustrated or angry or not happy and joyful and blissful, that all of that is still okay and that it's all for a reason. Using these cards, even without her with me, she'll still be there in those cards. And I know that now that I know how best to use them 
and truly feel them, I have confidence that I am going to be so blessed and I'm so grateful. Select a tour date now to meet Angelique and fun new like-minded friends for hands-on tips to more harmony in your heart, mind, and home. Click the description box to book your tour date now and we'll see you there. Welcome back. I think we all have experienced or currently experience some of the six signs of emotional sabotage. And since acceptance and unconditional love are key to our health and healing, it's now time for the Love Your Humanness segment of our show. Because emotions and emotional sabotage are part of our human experience, and we need to love ourselves and others during all of it. So now we'll share our stories of emotional sabotage and how we're loving ourselves through it. And I'll start with my story, and then Ben and Neil will share theirs. So just recently, I have been recognizing not only if there have been some fabulous successes with the business, beautiful opportunities, met great people, and we're going to have these events coming up here for our tour that I'm really excited about and excited about meeting you. But at the same time, it appears as though I am working through menopause. This is not an exciting prospect for me, and I get the opportunity to, as I notice even my feelings in expressing this out loud, that there is a flush and a heated feeling and a discomfort, but there is some validation in admitting it and expressing it out loud. I had hoped that I would have found an opportunity within myself and someone else to be able to experience a trusting, loving, deep, connected, real relationship. So for me, there is some processing of those emotions. And processing means taking care of me when I'm feeling sad. That might mean I need to go bet to bed a little earlier, or I might need to take a break and then work late. Um, just some things that I need to do when I'm feeling that pressure or like something build up in my throat and heart, and I just need to get outside and go for a walk. But even in going through that, there are some friends because I used to have a lot of friends who were really um, used to me taking care of their feelings because that's what I do for a living. <laughs> that they don't uh, recognize that I have emo other emotions or needs and they certainly don't know how to care for them. So during times when I might need a little extra support, they can't do it. So, even last week, I was invited to a friend's house to have a meal. And usually, honestly, when I would go there, she would usually tell me what's ever troubling her or on her mind. Or we might talk about beauty, which was wonderful, you know, weather or flowers or something of the like. But when I went there this time, she had spoken about herself the whole last time prior. And she said, well, I didn't get to hear about you. And so she said, well, next time we'll talk about you. And then when I came in this time, <laughs> she said, well, I, I, I think I remember you saying you wanted to talk about you today. And the tone that I heard was, 
irritation that wasn't coming from me. And I checked in with my intuition to make sure. And that was the truth of the situation was that she had something on her heart and mind. And she didn't want to listen to what was going on with me that day. I had already had a really rough day anyway. And I just didn't want to deal with it. So I said, no, I don't want to talk about me today. Because I didn't want to have to stand up for and express all of my feelings and tell her that she was being selfish right then. (laughs) So instead, that's how I handled it. But I chose to not push myself farther because I knew that at that moment, I wasn't ready to have that discussion with her. And she might not have ever or may never be interested in having it. I just wasn't ready. So instead of getting myself to the point where I was going to break down and still probably not be supported because she wasn't interested in that at that point, I just gave myself the leeway of not expressing at that moment. But I did not let myself be in denial that one day she would change. I did not. I just accepted that this is where she is right now. And I removed myself from the situation after the meal was over and I did dishes and I said, thank you. It was time for me to go home. And at that point, I wrapped myself up in my most comfy, squishy blanket And I did some deep breathing techniques and I held on to a um, little soft, squishy, stuffed loved one. (laughs) It's my, uh, an old old stuffed animal. And um, I also said some prayers and I said some thanks for the opportunity to learn those lessons and prayed for the opportunity to experience new relationships with friends who were capable of experiencing not only their own emotions, but wanted to connect with mine on a deeper level. And I'm glad for that. And I'm okay and here speaking with you about it today. So I'm pretty proud of myself for that. All right. And you should be. Thank you. Santa Neil and Mr. Audio Aficionado Ben, I'm looking forward to hearing your stories of how you might have experienced emotional sabotage currently or uh, in your past. If it's something current, it'll be more real for you now. So if you can tap into something now, that would be great and share what you're experiencing and how you either haven't dealt with it in a caring manner or that you would like to and what you're willing to do about it. As you were speaking about your friend, it just made me think of, uh, for my girlfriend Jenna and I both, just multiple people and even in our families, the situation of, you know, whether we helped establish this pattern or just sort of grew into it or it just happened that way, you know, um, becoming that rock or that steady person for someone else I've always tried to you know not that my relationships or my friendships are transactional because that obviously feels cheap and inauthentic but you know the expectation that I'm gonna serve that purpose for some time for that person and then if I ever need them to be the rock and be my shoulder to cry on or whatever that they're gonna be there 
And it doesn't feel good when you have that knowledge of like, nope, that's me. That's just me in this relationship. I mean, it feels, it's just an obligation at that point. It's not a relationship because it's that one way Uh. street. I mean, it almost feels like you're, you know, this, the little spaceship that could, that's caught in this person's black hole, you know, they don't, no light ever gets back out of there. It only sucks in and, um, there's definitely people that I've seen do that or tolerate that. Usually it doesn't work out very well. And I've had people that tried to sort of do that early on in a friendship or in a relationship. And I just go, Hey, you know, it's not that your stuff is too much for anyone, but it's, it's too much for me right now. This is too quick and I'm sorry. I can't, you know, be there for you for that. Um, And then there's people that, I have a small group of friends that I've, I guess, curated um, that I know either way, you know, we could always call the other person and have that support and I could be honest and I could be sad or I could say something, um, I don't know, that would disturb a stranger, you know, that you wouldn't share with a stranger. So um, I think for me, I feel like I'm not, good in those situations because in childhood anytime I felt out of control or um, did something that was wrong or disturbed the status quo of how everyone else was feeling that was just it never ended well (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) it's just uh, I always felt like I had to be if not the shoulder to cry on because I don't know that I have this comforting (laughs) presence, just steady and always Mm. the same, always homeostasis, always static, because any other disturbance, any blip, any stressor, everyone was so close to that line of like out of control or upset that the smallest thing that I do pushes you over. Um, And I think Jenna probably had similar situations in childhood and so it's been interesting navigating that with a partner and you know you grow up saying oh I'll never be like that I I can't see how someone could be that out of touch or that uh, cruel or selfish you know but then if I look back at some of our more um, intense arguments it's like Oh, wow, I hear my dad talking, you know, (laughs) where did that come? And it's never, if I think back on it, it was never about the thing, my emotions that I'm feeling that brought that out of me wasn't the thing that we were arguing about, Mm -hmm. you know, it was something else. And it's like, I feel like my pride even wouldn't allow me to admit that maybe to Jenna, that it wasn't about the thing, you know, uh, the is the subject of that argument. So it's something that we're still working on. And for me, it's just about communicating honestly with her and communicating with myself, honestly. And, you know, when I get to a point like that, realizing, Oh, I'm feeling this way because of all these other things that I ignored. And so now it's coming out because of like what you said, it will demand to be heard whether you listen to the whisper or it just 
takes the joystick and starts flying the plane itself, you know? <laughs> um, I feel like I'm rambling, but it just... Nope. It's a tough thing to manage. You know, all of us face some kind of stress. All of us are going through something. And I know that sounds... Uh, silly or you know obvious but it's another part of adulting yeah <laughs> managing yeah. you know and setting those boundaries yeah. of you you knew that you didn't want to try and talk to your friend that day and knew that it just wasn't in a sense going to be worth it to try and and go there and so i guess now you're you have to examine that relationship and say for whatever reason, have I just established this pattern where it's going to be really tough to get her to be able to talk to about things like that. And mm -hmm. That's not fair. And it's, you know, it's not fair that you're more in touch with that side of yourself than probably a lot of the people you know. And so uh, it's like you're the person with the truck that can come pick up and help move their emotional baggage. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah. Can you move my True. emotional sofa, please? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But the the whole idea is that we hopefully want to learn how to do this for ourselves, and yeah. the more we can do it for ourselves, the more we can offer it to others as well. And we're also an example. This lady I went to dinner with doesn't know how to do it for herself. Mm -hmm. The situation you described with your family. If they knew how to do it for themselves, they wouldn't be relying on you for it. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm the youngest one, so mm -hmm. it always seemed like, what the heck did you guys do before I was here? You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it's, mm -hmm. I haven't really talked to them about it. Maybe they would have different ideas about it, uh, and I, you know, I'm sure I did some stuff or said some stuff that wasn't right and you know growing up you make mistakes and so it's not that I think I was some perfect you know person that never deserved uh to have that kind of conflict or you know people be upset at what I did it's tough to learn that you can hurt other people with your words or your actions you know um so maybe some of what I'm thinking of was just that but Especially working on the show, it's just taught me the importance of yep. that communication, authentic communication, um, and the self-care, like what we're talking about right mm -hmm. now, of being able to set boundaries and say, hey, you know, I really can't go there with you right now, or no, I can't. Because like what you were saying, as a people pleaser, there's some gratification of just putting in that work or the hours of doing what your friends want to do or what a client wants to do or, you know, whatever. And it's, we've talked about this before. Just, I'm someone that it's just get me through the day, you know, <laughs> get me through the day. But then you have to think, well, what do you want to do with the rest of your day? And yeah. if that's go numb yourself from yeah. all the stuff you did earlier in the week or earlier in the day, that's not really worth it. You know, ideally, wouldn't you be spending 100% of your days doing what you really want to do? And um, even if that's nothing because you don't feel good and you just want to go sit and 
sit on the back deck and just chill. Yep. You know? So I, I think that it's something I'm working on. It's something that I can't uh, speak to as well as Angelique here, but it's something people need to talk about more, I guess. So, and I'm still working on it. So I think you've done a great job of expressing not only your, your feelings about it, but also expressing what your effect is on other people. Like when you recognize that the frustration you were having towards your girlfriend, Jenna, wasn't all about the experience you were having at that moment, that it was a yeah. buildup of a lot of other things. The fact that you knew that is one step ahead of where most folks are. Or two, one, people don't usually know how they feel. They're not checked into their emotions or their body. Yeah. You're checked out. And then two, to be able to recognize that that depth of emotion that you're experiencing isn't actually about, for example, the toilet seat being down. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a lot of other things that have been built up over years. The things are emotions that were not fully processed yeah. from the past. So if we were working together on how you could work through those emotions, I'd ask you a question to sit with for yourself. And that is, what makes you feel whatever you want to feel, whether it's loved, nurtured, supported, encouraged. Mm. So for me, it was, I needed to go home and wrap up in my favorite soft blanket. I needed to curl up. I needed to cry some. I needed to hold on to something. I needed to say my prayers. I needed to do some deep breathing exercises. Those were the things that comforted me during my time of feeling like I had emotions that needed to be processed, to be fully felt. Mm. So that would mean for you, the question is, what are the things that are healthy choices mm. for you that help you feel what you need to feel at that time? And that's a very good question. I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> just just allowing yourself to sit with the question and then keep coming back to it. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, a, you know, a home point of like, what do I need to feel right now? Or what do I want to feel? Mm -hmm. I want to feel. It's usually something simple loved yeah. supported cared for heard paid attention to something like that and then once you know what it is ask yourself what can i do right now that will allow me to feel that way and then do it and that's self-care yeah and funny thing is people think that might sound silly to do that but when you do that you don't blow up at your girlfriend Mm, yeah. That's the result of self-care <clears throat> for our emotions. You don't drink yourself into oblivion. You don't yeah. numb your mind with television or whatever else. We don't need those other things when we actually care for our emotions. Yeah. <laughs> those are great examples, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Hope it helps. Yes. And Santa <laughs> Neil, I know this is a, a deep subject for... For the well over there. So, oh gosh. So what what have you been experiencing that could resemble emotional sabotage? Uh <laughs> we're about to have emotional sabotage with my daughter. <laughs> this needs to be about you though. Oh, I understand. But uh oh I I used to not 
I used to not care about my emotions. I used to hide them. But I, I feel that I don't really hide them anymore. If, but I, well, maybe I do. I, we were just talking before the show how I am, I act a certain way emotionally around certain groups that I either censor myself or don't emote a certain way around some people. Um, and that's you were, the example you were talking about was, they, I don't know if they know how to deal with my emotions. I've never really, I came from, I was the youngest of six. There's nobody for me to talk about how I was feeling. Nobody to turn to. Back in the 80s, friends just didn't talk about that stuff. They'd make fun of you or you're, oh, you're a big, you're an idiot. So, so I guess over time it just gets bottled in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, I do take out any inner emotions that I haven't dealt with. They manifest not in a good way. And when you were saying you, uh, you could hear your, my uh, dad, your dad. <laughs> it's for me. It's my mother. Many things that I say, <laughs> because and again, my love. I love my mother, and I miss her dearly. But she committed emotional sabotage on all of us. And I don't think any of us have dealt with it the way we need to deal with it. Sometimes, if things are bothering me, I will get up and I'll just go in the other room and just go, and then go back and, and deal, with what, deal with what I'm dealing with. Yeah, give yourself like physical space. Yeah. I say, okay, I need to get up from this and just... So I'm starting to do that, but it's not enough. There's still, there's still stuff, and it, when it erupts, baby, yeah, I have the, uh, the the temper comes out, and it's not pretty. It's almost like it's those feelings are seeds, and so if you just go put all the beer-flavored dirt over it and bury it and well, patch it up real nice and it me. looks like, <laughs> oh, the yard is undisturbed. It looks exactly how it looked before I planted that. And it's, oh, oh there's a tree coming up. Yep. <laughs> I got maybe one or two friends that can that I can confide in. We both tell. We both, we're both shoulders that we can lean on. And I've known him for 30 years. And so he leans on me and I lean on him. We don't judge. He tells me things. I don't judge. He's going through emotionally. He's been going through lots of stuff over the last 35 years that we've known each other. But I listen. I don't judge. And he listens and he doesn't judge. So I do have mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But like he's familially, familially, <laughs> is that a word? Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. I don't. And so... When we're together, we and our we joke things off. That's that's our uh, 
go-to mechanism. Yes, you, it sounds like you, your family has some good kind of go-to coping mechanisms. They're, they're management tools, though. They're coping, yeah. coping, but they're not caring. Yes. So it helps. I appreciate your story very much because it's, I think it strikes a chord with many of us. Many oh, of definitely. our family members, our fathers or ourselves, can relate to what you're saying. So when you're frustrated, you go off by yourself and you... Okay, what you've done is you have a pot with boiling water in it. That's mm -hmm. your emotions of boiling water. Mm -hmm. And you lift the lid off for a little while so that the steam releases and it doesn't blow the lid off the pot. Okay, but then you go back out there and you put the lid back on. I know. You talk to your friend when you're stressed and you have a lot of emotion. You've got that boiling pot again. You lift the lid for a little while, let some of the steam come off, and then you put the lid back on and go back home. You get together with family. It starts to boil up some more. Everybody can feel it. It starts to get stressful. You tell a joke. You lift the lid. Let some of that steam come off. Yep. However, the cooker underneath, the burner, is actually all those emotions that have been unprocessed over 50 years. So coping versus caring is very different. And what we're talking about today is learning. Mm -hmm. What do I need to feel right now? I feel what? I feel frustrated or whatever I feel. I feel frustrated. I need... Frustrated, worried. Okay. And I need to feel... Anxiety, anxious, anxiety. What do you need to feel or want to feel instead? Mm -hmm. I want to feel good about things that are going to happen. Okay, you have put the power in the circumstance at this mm -hmm. point. I'm asking you for you. Rather than saying you are dependent upon your circumstance. Mm. If your circumstance is good, you're good. No, I'm saying we can't count on world peace in order for us to have some peace in here. Mm -hmm. Can't count on peace in the home for us to have some peace in here. We have to find the peace in here and create it and cultivate it and care for it. So what we need here usually is love. I need to feel safety. I need to feel love. I need to feel supported. I need to feel encouraged. I need to feel inspired. I need to feel, you know, what, what do I actually need right now? That's, if I was working with you on this, I'd say, could you check into that? Find out what you actually want to feel right there. What do you need? And then once you know what that is, ask yourself the question, what can I do to allow myself to feel this way. Right. I think you hit on one word. That what? Inspiration. Inspiration. Awesome. That's exciting. So Feel inspired. Yeah. I need to feel inspired. And then to sit with the next question, which is, what can you what do, can I do to for yourself? Yes, for, my, for me. To feel, to feel inspired. It doesn't have to be huge, like, oh, I always wanted to have a degree, and now I need to sign yeah. up for four. No, then it gets overwhelming, and then you don't do anything. Not you, anyone. Right. So it's, it could be as simple as, I, what makes me feel inspired? You could ask yourself that question. What makes you feel inspired? The good work that we do here. But that's... Okay, but this that's... is one thing, but we need more, obviously. Oh, so well, if you need more, what else? What else? You've talked about time in nature, makes you feel inspired and freed up, um, time with your dog. And that does, I find, that does help. 
Well, search even, more. Even if I know? just go outside and just sit, mm-hmm. which I I do. I'll just go outside. Not with, even not. I leave the dog in the house. It drives him crazy, but you know, <laughs> I just go out and just sit there. Look up. Close eyes. Look up. And it, it helps, mm-hmm. but like you said, the burner's still going. Right. <laughs> you, and you, you've got to ask yourself: Is that mm. is that being outside a lid lifting moment where you're coping, or is that Probably. actually caring? Mm. But learning to care, if part of your caring is learn is allowing yourself to be more inspired, then you know, take that time to really sit with yourself and yeah. say, what makes me feel inspired, or what would make me feel inspired. And then take some small step towards doing that. Mm-hmm. Even if it meant some something small, like for some people, being inspired is being by the ocean. Maybe we know we can't get to the ocean anytime real soon. But maybe that means that we put on a blue shirt and we think about the ocean that day and being in it. Find some way that you can show yourself that you care and that you hear that you need to be inspired and that you're willing to take action and do something on your own behalf. Mm-hmm. Are you all willing to do this yeah. for next week? What are you willing to do? Say it out loud. Whatever you're willing to do for next week. I will search within myself, see what I need to do to make me feel more inspired. That's very exciting. <laughs> Top that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm on that path of just um i need to keep doing what i'm doing which i think is listening more to my i would almost say instinct but you know my purest my first thought on things and not what my mind is going to tell me to be doing you know the logical thing because that just completely leaves out your emotions um you know, a lot of people, I'm trying to think of an example. People look at someone getting a divorce or like wanting to quit their job that they think is great or whatever. And they think, oh, you'd be an idiot to do that, you know, but maybe not because you're not in that person's shoes. You don't know what they're feeling. So I think this week, just doubling down on the listening to myself and how I feel, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we've talked about. Uh, something that I've worked on for months now is just uh, telling people no and taking time to just do what I need to do, you know, for myself. For, you, for yourself. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to try and double down on this week. And then further listen, you know. And when I hear something, actually do it instead of just, oh, well, that's a interesting and acknowledging it and ignoring it (laughs) okay we'll look forward to hearing about that next week absolutely good job guys our emotions and how we treat them have an all-encompassing effect on how satisfied we feel about our life and self most of us want our emotional state to feel good but we don't know how to provide ourselves with consistent proactive care for our emotions Next, I'll share four things we can do at least twice a day or as often as possible to begin our care for and not sabotage of our emotions. Number one, 
ask ourselves regularly, how do I feel? And anything else? That way we can notice what we notice about how we feel. And we can accept and include our emotions in our experience, with, which both of you gentlemen said was not a part of your upbringing, accepting and including our emotions in our experience. Number two, ask ourselves, what do I need? And is there a deeper need? Accept and include the needs in our experience. Number three, give ourselves what we need immediately. Accept that we are worthy to fulfill our needs. Number four, be patient and compassionate because caring for emotions is not a get fixed quick scheme. It takes as long as it takes and then the emotion will shift and change. So what do we really need? Most of the time, what we most deeply need is love. It's not donuts or a drink or an ice cream or a cookie or a vacation or a car or a house or a job. Yes, all those things are marvelous, but what we really deeply need is love. Since different things may inspire feelings of love within each of us, it's important to learn what feels like love to us and then give that to ourselves. In addition, we can limit or stop spending time with people who do not include or invite the emotional part of us to participate in the relationship with them. Curiosity and acceptance validate our emotions. When we're kindly curious about our emotions, the inner learning and acceptance can be deeply validating and healing. Although the idea of living without emotions may seem easier, emotions are a fact of life, and we can learn to see our emotions as added zest, interest, flavor, and fragrance to our life. Because emotions are an overall incredible way to experience and love being human. If we feel unworthy to know and care for our emotions, or it was discouraged in our upbringing, remember and repeat our three affirmations from the last seven weeks. They are... One, two, three. I, I do, do matter. matter. <laughs> I said I did that this nice, morning in the mirror. Nice, nice, awesome. Do you remember number two? I... Are you ready? On three. One, two, three. I, I am, am worth, worth knowing. knowing. And number three? One, two, three. I, I am, am important. Awesome. So are you. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than fighting, fleeing, stuffing, or drowning our emotions, we can create a safe inner place to know, care for, and learn from them. By doing so, we neither look to others nor lean on them to care for us. This allows us to feel noticed, appreciated, respected and cared about by ourself and by caring for our own emotions rather than looking for others to care for them. We can simply share life and love with others rather than needing something from them. So will you? I encourage you to be kindly curious, feel and learn from your emotions. 
By doing so, you will always know that somebody cares. Let us know how applying today's concepts works for you, because we enjoy hearing from you. And let's get together. Join us in Knoxville, Tennessee, any Sunday in April for the Will You Grow, Love, and Adventure Brunch series at Knoxville's luxury venue, Ancient Lore Village. Check out the event video after my send-off for all the delicious details and book your tickets for future fun with us in April. And now I send you off, always with love, from Angelique. Join author and guest speaker Angelique Meadow for Will You Grow, Love and Adventure, an April brunch series at Knoxville's boutique resort, Ancient Lore Village. The bountiful Sunday brunch is $35 and begins at 1 o'clock. Feast on breakfast casserole, seasonal salad, fruit skewers, biscuits and gravy, pork loin, and pecan rolls outside and under cover by a grand fireplace, radiant column heaters, and a stunning view of the blue-hued Smoky Mountains. Then get cozy for Angelique's inspirational tips to harmonize your heart and mind for everyday feelings of love and inner peace. Next, take a guided tour of the magical village. For overnight accommodations, reserve one of the nine immaculately designed village dwellings to reconnect with nature, yourself, and your loved ones as you explore the village's 56 acres, its archery and axe throwing range, stories around the flickering campfire, and the nearby Smoky Mountain National Park. Don't miss this beautiful opportunity any Sunday in April at 1 o'clock at Ancient Lore Village, just 15 minutes south of downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. Enjoy life with wonderful people and fulfill a fairy tale fantasy. There are only 30 tickets available each Sunday, so reserve your tickets now for the Will You Grow Love and Adventure Brunch Series any Sunday in April at Knoxville's luxury venue. Click the description box below, then click the link titled Brunch Series in Tennessee. Join us at Ancient Lore Village any Sunday in April at 1 o'clock. You must have tickets to attend, so click the description box below. Then click the link titled Brunch Series to get your tickets, and we'll see you there. For more information about programs offered by Will You, Mentoring with Angelique, and to watch video success stories from clients, explore willyougrow.com. If you or your company are interested in inspiring our mutual audience by sponsoring this or another of our programs, let's talk about it. Boost viewer confidence and trust in your company. Call 1-833-WILL-YOU, then press extension number 6. Make sure to click the subscribe button to get reminders before upcoming shows.